This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Sharissa this morning and the amazing Martha producing. So a bit of a different team here. But we're having a good time on The Breakfast Show and uh, Sharissa is about to give you the next clue for the quiz. What do you got for us there, Sharissa? I've got a really good clue. I feel like this might actually give it away completely, but this is the next clue. What book of the Bible am I? Here it is. The Holy Spirit is found here three times as, of, as often as it is found in any other book of the Bible. Okay, so what book of the Bible features the Holy Spirit more than any other book? Yeah, that's actually, and it even lists on my clue here, how many times? 42 times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in this book. I think that almost gives it away. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's see. 1-800-324-843. Uh, give us a call right now with your answer, and you could be winning a New King James Bible. Uh, or you can text us on 0491-064-669. So, Sharissa, you have been missing out because we have been studying the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2. Actually, you probably haven't because you do the 20 million Bible study every week as well, don't you? I'm part of the movement, yeah. You're part of the movement as well. There's 20 million movement right here, 20 million people around the world all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. Well, on Faith FM, we might be a little bit behind that's all right. Because we've been dealing with some... Pretty big things. <laughs> I may have been getting distracted on history. <laughs> How could you do that, Lyle? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Couldn't possibly happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of my favorite thing. But anyway, yep. um, it's all good. So we are in Daniel chapter 2 and we are at, actually up to Daniel chapter 2 and... Verse 20. So to give a little bit of background for those of you who may have just tuned in for the first time this week, shame on you. You should be here every day. But we understand how life goes. Um, so if you're tuning in for the first time this week, then Daniel chapter 2 starts off with a dream that the that king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, has. He places a lot of weight in his dreams. Mm -hmm. They're very important to him. He calls his cabinet together to explain to him the meaning of the dream. The only problem is it's one of those dreams where he's woken up the next day and forgotten what he dreamed. Hmm. Um, that's always a terrible thing to happen. And then uh, so he tells his cabinet, look, we just need you to tell me what I dreamed and then tell me the interpretation. His cabinet basically says, we can't do that because the only person who can tell you what you dreamed are the gods who don't live with human beings. And he's like, well, you know, the implication is, you know, He's been getting advice from these guys for like his whole life as the crown prince and then the king. And uh, they've always claimed to be in communication with the gods. So he gets very, very upset. Um, he's a psychopathic genius, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to kill them all. In the process, Daniel and his friends get caught up in the whole thing because they're students at this time. They're second year of uh, university in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be executed as well. Daniel asks for time because he says, there is a God in heaven. There's only one and we can communicate with him. 
Now, the king must have, you know, Nebuchadnezzar must have really, really wanted to know the answer to this dream because he actually grants Daniel time. Daniel, you've got to remember, Daniel's maybe somewhere between 17 and 19 years of age. He's a young man. He is standing in front of the most powerful person on the planet who has just decreed his execution. Mm. And he's just unflinching. He's like, yeah, no, there's a God in heaven that you can communicate with. He's actually a real God. He believed in prayer. He believes in prayer. <laughs> he would have gone to the prayer conference. He would have gone to the <laughs> prayer conference and he would have been in, ton- in, in touch with you, Sharissa. He would have been sending a text message through like, Sharissa, I need you to get your whole network praying for myself, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah tonight mm. because we could well be executed tomorrow. Have you had that kind of a prayer request come through yet? I have never seen one like that. Okay, so we've got Etienne McClintock coming on next week to uh, for two days, and he's going to be co-hosting here and helping us out. Um, he works for Voice of the Martyrs, and these are the kinds of prayer requests they get. So maybe you guys need to uh, yeah. connect. Connect. That'd be great. Thank yeah. you. Uh, because they really do deal with these kinds of situations on a daily basis because you know persecution against Christians and people of faith has not disappeared from our planet. Mm. It is taking place, sadly, way too much around the world. Anyway, where are we up to? Um, okay, so here's what happens. Here's what happens. And we talked about this yesterday. God answers their prayer. That night he gives Daniel... The same dream that he gave Nebuchadnezzar. Along with the dream, he also gives the interpretation of the dream. And along with that, and most importantly, he makes sure that Daniel remembers it the next day when he wakes up. Yeah, true. Okay, so, uh, Sharissa, what have we got for... So Daniel, Daniel then prays again. So he said his first prayer, now he prays again. Um, in verse 20 through 23. All right. So he prays, and this is Daniel two twenty to 23. He said, Praise the name of God forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness. Though he is surrounded by light, I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You have told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Okay, so Sharissa, you're you're prayer coordinator for um, this whole region. Two different kinds of prayer right here that are mentioned. Yeah. Um, the first one is the one we actually talked about yesterday, um, where you know Daniel is is asking for the information he needs, and then this prayer. What's that? What's that? What jumps out to you is in the difference between these two prayers. This is a prayer of praise, a prayer of thanksgiving to God. Mm-hmm. Um, He's, God's answered his prayer, and then he prays and praises and thanks God for answering his prayer. Okay, so this is, how often do we see these kinds of prayers being prayed? Probably not often enough. <laughs> because I often, you know, I look at my prayer life, I look at the prayers that I hear in church or in other settings where we pray publicly, and 90% of what I hear are requests. Mm. And yet when I read this prayer... There's no request in it anywhere. No. None whatsoever. It's just a prayer of thanks. 
So that's pretty exciting, you know, to um, have a, uh, a a prayer like that in the Bible. I think we look at, you know, quite a number of other prayers in the Bible and we see prayers of request. Mm-hmm. Particularly you go to, you know, Daniel chapter 9 and you've got a prayer of confession and request. Mm-hmm. Mostly confession, but definitely request. Yeah. Well, it's sort of, it would be a much longer request except Gabriel turns up and cuts it short. <laughs> um, but... Within this prayer of thanksgiving, there are a number of really important principles highlighted. Oh, what are they, Lyle? Let's think about our world right now. Mm. Let's think about the political landscape. The wars. <laughs> okay, so we have. Let's 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 just let's just think about it for a moment. We have uh, Donald Trump, in possibly the most powerful person on the planet, mm. with an ego the size of. I don't know, the universe. <laughs> um, you have Vladimir Putin, who also has pretty much about the same size ego. Mm. Then you have the Middle East. Mm-hmm. What a m- just epic mess mm-hmm. the entire Middle East is. You've got a nuclear... You've got two nuclear powers, North Korea... And Iran facing off against the most powerful nuclear power, the United States, mm. and allied to the other most powerful nuclear power, Russia. Mm. Here in Australia, we have political confusion over the bushfires. Whose fault is it? Mm. ScoMo's fault? The Greens' fault? You know, and we could go on and on and on as we look around our world. What I see taking place in our world politically is an unmitigated mess. Mm. I don't see anybody being in control of anything. And you sort of wonder, where is our future going at a time like this? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The last thing that you would say is that, you know, God is in control. And yet that's what Daniel says. Okay, so what does he say? Read that for us again. It says in his prayer, he says, when he praises God forever, he says he controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. So ultimately God is in control. Hmm. So then why does God allow terrible, terrible people to get into power? Why? Look at Nebuchadnezzar. The guy's a complete psycho. (laughs) God could have stepped in and Nebuchadnezzar could have never come to power. And I'm sure the Jews, particularly at this time, they've been taken captive. They're slaves. They're living in a foreign land. Their temple has been destroyed. Their city has been burnt. There's nothing left of it. Their nation has been wrecked. They are God's church on earth, completely smashed. You would expect that at this particular time that... You know, Daniel's people would be thinking, no one's in control. This world is completely out of control. And if God is in control, then God really hates us. Mm. But Daniel doesn't take that attitude, does he? He doesn't. And, And in many respects, he has more reason than just about anybody else on the planet to say, no, God is not in control. Mm. 
he's been carted off as a slave to Babylon. Um, he's been placed in charge of, the Bible says, the man who is in charge of the eunuchs. The implications of that, you know, if you think about it, are pretty severe. Um, that would be devastating for any young man. Mm. We don't know exactly what happened. The Bible doesn't say, but the Bible certainly implies very, very strongly that he lost his manhood. Mm-hmm. Why would you still be trusting in God having gone through all of that? And yet Daniel doesn't even flinch, doesn't even move. He doesn't even blink an eye. He's like, no, God is the one who sets up kings and takes down kings and God is the one who is in control. Mm. So, Sharissa, let me ask you this question. Here's a, here's a deep one for you. <laughs> Our world is such a mess. Why hasn't God sorted it out already? Or why doesn't he just step in like now and sort it out? What if he is already stepping in and he's already sorting it out, but in a different way to what we expect? Okay. <laughs> and how do we learn that from this story? I mean, does this story, if we, if we, if we look ahead a little bit into the chapters that are coming up, you know, chapter four and so forth, mm. which we will get to in this Bible study. Does God actually have a plan here? He does. And that's actually why Daniel is so encouraged. He can speak with confidence because God actually revealed his plan to him. Yes, he does in broad strokes. Yes. But not in details. In details, and I, and I think this is one of the reasons why you know Daniel gets so excited at this particular point. Uh, you've raised a really good point right there because up until this point, he has been faithful to God mm. in the circumstances where he has more excuse than anyone else to be unfaithful to God. He's been faithful to God. True. Uh, however, now he knows that, yes, this world is going to go on for a long time into the future yet. Mm. And God is going to maintain his control. And mm. if God is in control of the big events of the world, then he's going to be in control of the smaller ones. Mm. And of course, as you see, you know, God does have a plan here in the book of Daniel and even in Nebuchadnezzar's life, because this uh, psychomaniac, um, super intelligent, king. pagan, rank pagan king, who is the ruler of Satan's empire on earth. He's, he is Satan's em- emperor who has taken God's people captive. God's plan is to convert the guy, hmm. save him, take him to heaven one day. You know, God. But for Daniel, this is, you know, 30-some years down the track, 36 years down the track before any of this is going to happen. He can't see any of that, Hmm. but he can trust in it. And because of his trust in God's plan, we're going to find that Daniel is completely vindicated and God's people are completely vindicated as you work your way through the book of Daniel. And this is what what we find with God. We can only see what's in front of us, but God sees a much bigger picture. Yes. And if we trust in God that he does see the bigger picture, then we can trust that God does know the future. God does know what's best for us. God does know what, um, God does have a plan. And sometimes it may take generations Mm. to work out. Sometimes it might might take just our lifetime. Sometimes it might work out tomorrow. And sometimes it might take literally millennia. (laughs) To work out. Mm. That's a really powerful point because that's what God revealed to Daniel, wasn't it, in this dream? 
this vision. It does indeed. All right, should we continue on or is there something else we need to talk about in this uh, in this prayer? I think it's the next thing as we continue on that I'd like to mention one thing. Okay, bring it up. All right. Well, after he prays this prayer, he then goes back and stands before the king of Babylon. And uh, I just yes. like that because because he has spent time kneeling in the presence of the king of kings. The, 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 the ruler and creator of the universe. Yeah. He is then able to go and stand before the king. Yeah. Because it's kind of, you know, if you've, if you've knelt mm. and spent time in the presence of the ruler of, it, ruler of the universe, the emperor of the world is kind of small, small <laughs> in comparison. You're not going to be intimidated by the emperor of the world when you've been in the presence of the ruler of the universe. So true. So he kneels before one and stands before the other. Mm. That's a really good contrast, isn't it? That's a symbolic contrast right there. He kneels before God. Mm. He stands before Nebuchadnezzar. Mm. God is somebody to be worshipped. He's sovereign. Nebuchadnezzar is somebody to be respected. Mm. Uh, and I really appreciate the way that Daniel shows respect to Nebuchadnezzar. And we've got to remember, you know, Nebuchadnezzar at this time, was, he was a young person. He was probably about your age, or thereabouts. And uh, but an incredibly powerful person. Thank you, Lyle. I've never thought about me being as old as Nebuchadnezzar before. <laughs> 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 Usually, you liken yourself to other Bible. Have grades. I? Have <laughs> I? Have I put myself? Have I put my foot? You've just my changed f- my whole outlook on my life. <laughs> I'm as old as Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> yeah. I'm two and a half thousand. Lyle on air told me I was two and a half thousand years old. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, sure. you're a young person. Um, but what we're highlighting is Nebuchadnezzar came to power as a young person. Yeah. We often we often depict these guys mm. as being old and grey. Mm. He wasn't old and grey. He was a young man. Mm. He had just come to power. This is the second year of his reign. And uh, he's got everything ahead of him. He's going to become old and grey. Yeah, it's all going to happen in the future. But, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a young man when, when Daniel 2 takes place. Mm. Okay. I don't know now. Now I'm kind of super wound up. No, not wound up, but super <laughs> insecure oh. that I've talked about a young lady's age, <laughs> and it's I'm not okay. even. I don't even know whether I'm right or wrong or otherwise. <laughs> but it's I know right. that Nebuchadnezzar was a young man. He was. Okay. All right. Where are we up to? Uh, verse twenty-four. Yes, please. Then Daniel went in to see Arioch, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon, and Daniel said to him. Don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. Arioch quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. Something really subtle here that tells you about uh, ancient politics yeah. at work. And it's kind of fun to see it happening. Yeah. Um, we all know how this works, but in the ancient world, as in today, people are always looking for that edge mm. something that will give them the edge something that will give them another step up another little bit of a rung something that will bring them to notice and uh, notice what Ariok does i have found a man <laughs> <laughs> i did it <laughs> i'm the one who found him you know as Ariok who came to daniel this is how it actually happened the way it actually happened was that Ariok came to daniel to arrest him and daniel said can i talk to the king first and Daniel talks to the king and the king gives him extra time. And Arach's like, yep, it was me. <laughs> I did it. I yeah. found the guy. True. Now, what jumps out to me here is not just the fun politics that is happening. 
But the question that goes through my mind is this. Okay, what if Ariok has it wrong? Mm. What if Daniel goes in there, he's like, what, 19 years old? What if he goes in there and makes a complete fool of himself? What happens to Ariok then when he stood up and claimed, hey, I'm the one, I found this guy? Yeah, that could go badly for Ariok. The question that goes through my mind is, has Ariok found a level of faith in Daniel's God? Well, think about this. This is and Wells. He's known. I meant like I just never thought about it. I got it. I got it. Great. Oh, okay. It's so unusual while it's frightening. You see right through the mess inside me. Back, everybody. That was Torin Wells with Known. You're listening to Faith FM. We are in the middle of our 20 million movement Bible study. But before we go to uh, continue on with our Bible study, 
Sharissa has, who is co-hosting with me here this morning, has the next clue for our quiz. What do you got for us there, Sharissa? All right, here we go. What book of the Bible am I? And here it is. This is a historical book that describes the events of the early church. Okay, the clues are getting a little bit easier. There is a King James Version Bible on offer right now. New King James. New King James Version Bible, I should say. Um, along with a free registration to the prayer conference. So give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 with your answer. And one of those prizes can be yours. Um, so yeah, a historical book about the early church. I wonder which one that might be. <laughs> Okay, where were we up to? We were talking about... Arioch. Arioch. Yes. Okay, so this is an intriguing question right here with Arioch. He claims that he's found somebody who can tell the king's dream. Now, let's say that Daniel goes to Arioch and is like, yep, I've got the answer. The king dreamed this, and the interpretation is this and tells Arioch everything before he tells Nebuchadnezzar. What's that going to mean to Arioch? Nebuchadnezzar doesn't even remember what he dreamed. Mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't even know what he dreamed. So how does Arioch know what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed? You know, this could this could really this could go point. very badly for Arioch. <laughs> yeah. So is it Daniel's confidence, or has Arioch had something to do with Daniel before? He has had something to do with Daniel before. And has Daniel had such an impact on Arioch that Arioch is prepared to act in faith here? That's so true. God's, he's already seen God act on Daniel's behalf in the previous chapter. Because there's no question that his statement right here, as political as it might be, is an act of faith. True. Really it's good fascinating. Point. I would love to, maybe we can ask Nebuchadnezzar one day. Who knows? <laughs> maybe we can ask Arioch. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Where are we up to? Uh, we're up to verse 26 of Daniel chapter 2. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, Is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? And Daniel replied, There are no wise men, enchanters, magi- magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secret. But there is a God in heaven. Okay, let's stop there. Yes. All right, we've got we to think about this in a moment, okay. for a moment. Um, in the in in the KJV, which is my favourite, it says the secret with the king, which the king has demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show to the king. Mm. Now, this is a big call by Daniel because the entire Babylonian cabinet has failed, mm. and these are the most brilliant men in the world at this particular point. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar has gleaned them from every nation that he has conquered and he is using them to build a knowledge-based empire. It's going to become, you know, the the most the, the greatest city the ancient world has ever seen by far. There's going to be nothing like it anywhere else in the world and Nebuchadnezzar has brought these men together. And a teenager walks in and kind of highlights the fact that they are a bunch of failures. <laughs> At this particular point, we would expect Daniel to be making political moves himself. Mm. Because he has the opportunity to say, ah, 
can't your wise men, your magi, your soothsayers, your magicians, your Chaldeans, your scientists and engineers, can't they figure this out for you? Well, guess what? I can. <laughs> but he doesn't go there, does he? He doesn't. Okay, what is he do? What is he? What does uh, verse twenty six start with? Uh, verse twenty eight. Yes, 28 verse twenty eight starts with, "But there is a God in heaven." Okay, so at the very point where Daniel could stand up with confidence because God has given him the answer, and he knows this answer is the correct one, mm. and say, "I've got the answer," and make a political move and gain some brownie points to himself. What does he do? He turns around and says got nothing to do with me yep there's a god in heaven and daniel is going to point all of the glory and the honor to god amen okay verse 28 but there is a god in heaven who reveals secrets and he has shown king nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future now i will tell you your dream and the visions you saw as you lay on your bed okay sharissa if you're nebuchadnezzar mm. at this particular point you got a teenager, teenage kid comes and stands in front of him and says, I can tell you what you dreamed the other night. Mm. And you actually really, really, really want to know what you dreamed. What's going through your head right now? I'm very intrigued. <laughs> what makes, well, he's just said it's God, but how do I know it's going to be what I dreamed? Because I can't remember it. So hopefully it's going to come back to me as he says it. I'm very intrigued that he's standing before me so confidently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because clearly this kid knows that if he comes up with the wrong answer, he's just like dead straight away. Yeah. He's not even going to make it, you know, out of the palace grounds before he's gone. Mm. It's just over. Mm. And yet you'd be looking at this kid and there's not a shadow of fear. Mm. And this kid has just Calm. kind of calmly slammed your entire cabinet. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I guess Daniel might feel that he's a little bit safe to do so because this is the same cabinet that is currently under the death decree, mm. a death decree. But I would be thinking this kid's a bit, you know, um, overconfident maybe. Can he actually back up his confidence mm -hmm. with what he's about to say? Yes. And, uh, and uh, yeah, just be... I, I would actually be on the edge of my seat, to be yeah. honest. I would be on the... Or my throne, should I say. <laughs> I would be on the edge of my throne. He all is. What's he going to say? Okay, what do we got? Uh, what's next? Verse 29. While your majesty was sleeping. This is Daniel to the king. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. Okay, so there's a prophetic dream. Mm. Let's, let's think about this for a moment. Who has uh, God given this dream to? What kind of a person is Nebuchadnezzar? A pagan king. A pagan king. He's a nature worshipper. Yeah. Essentially, he worships the force of nature. He sees that as the most powerful thing that is in the universe. Um, the various um, Babylonian gods have, um, have failed miserably. Mm. Um, but, you know, that's, they're, they're personifications of nature, essentially, mm. is what mm. they are. Okay, so what's unusual about this in the Bible? Does God normally go to pagans and turn no. pagans into his prophets? Well, he's just previously, as far as I can think right now, um, spoken through his prophets, his servants, the prophets, people that actually love him and worship him. 
So this is a so this move. is God really <laughs> stepping outside of the box. He's really grabbing attention. <laughs> Sometimes I think we limit God. Mm. And like, oh, no, God would never do that. You know, God would never go and speak to a pagan. You know, God only speaks to people who obey him. And here, God is not speaking to people who a person who obeys Him, but somebody. God is actually in this on this occasion. Mm. God has gone to Satan's emperor. <laughs> Babylon is symbolic throughout the Bible as Satan's empire. Mm. It's the empire of evil, mm. and God has gone to Satan's emperor, and before this person has even acknowledged Him and said, "I'm going to make you a prophet." Hmm. And he turns Nebuchadnezzar into prophet. This is unique. It tells us something about the character of God. We're going to come back tomorrow and we're get oh, going to it. actually <laughs> discover what it was that Nebuchadnezzar dreamed and start looking at the interpretation of it because this is a prophecy, prophecy that spans two and a half thousand years. We're back right after this song. Truth is harder than a lie. Dark seems safer than the light And everyone has a heart that loves to hide I'm a mess and so are you We've built walls nobody can get through Yeah, it may be hard But the best thing we could ever do Ever do Bring your brokenness and I'll bring mine Cause love can heal what hurt divides And mercy's waiting on the other side If we're honest If we're honest Don't pretend to be something that you're not
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. He is able to keep us from stumbling. He is able. Distances come between everything that we hold dear. He is able to draw us into deeper life. He is able to cut away like a knife everything that keeps us from Him. Everything that keeps us from Him. with an endless love he is able to keep us when the dark descends on everything we have known he is able to save us to the uttermost he is able to fill us with his holy ghost may everything we do show him
Welcome back, guys. That was Josh White with He Is Able here on Faith FM. We've come to your question of the day time. Before we do, we have a last clue. Last clue. All right. So this is probably going to give it away. But what book am I? Based on all the previous clues, this, this is the final clue. I am Judges, Ezra, or Acts. Which one might that be? <laughs> If you know the answer, then give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and a prize is coming your way. Very good, very good. Good, we'll leave it there. That one's too easy. Okay, so moving on, we have uh, question of the day time. And before we get to question of the day, one other thing we do need to to, uh, mention is that Philip called in during the break, and he wanted to point us to further evidence that Daniel and his friends did lose their manhood. This is a prophecy that was given to Isaiah or to Hezekiah via Isaiah uh, about a hundred years before these events took place. And Isaiah said to Hezekiah, And of your sons that shall issue from you, which you shall give birth to, they shall take them away and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And of course, Daniel and his, and his friends were uh, of um, noble descent. And so the Bible's pretty clear here, I think, that this is what happened. This was the fate mm-hmm. of, uh, of Daniel and his friends. They became eunuchs. They were in charge of the eunuchs. It would have been most unlikely that Nebuchadnezzar uh, didn't do this. Was This was standard practice in the day. Um, and so that's what I think we can safely assume at uh, this particular point, uh, particularly based on that passage. I mean, that's just, you know, it's prophetic. So let's just live it right there. I think that's what... The Bible says. So thank you, Philip, for calling that one through. Very, very good uh, point that you've made uh, right there in relationship to that prophecy by Isaiah to Hezekiah. And of course, um, our our boss was just mentioning while we were discussing this, that this would have actually been encouraging to Daniel and his friends when this happened to them, that they would have known the, the, the writings of Isaiah and they would have known this prophecy and they would have known that God had a purpose there somewhere. Mm, True. Good thought. Yeah, maintain their faith in God. You'd be clutching to uh, every passage of Scripture you could imagine, I would think, in a circumstance such as that. Okay, very quickly, question of the day. All right, so we've had a question come here for you, Lyle, and it's simply this. Is depression a sin? The answer is no. Depression is not a sin. Depression is a disease, and disease is not a sin. Now, sometimes sin can cause a disease, uh, and sometimes your sin can cause depression. Mm. And if sin is what is causing your depression, the way to deal with that is to go to Jesus Christ and to experience, find and experience forgiveness for your sin. Mm. But that is not usually the case. There is often, you know, a million different other reasons why a person suffers from depression other than sin. Okay. Um, so there's a difference between what may or may not cause it and what it actually is. It's a mental illness. It's a disease. Uh, it's like any other disease. And um, the Bible actually talks about a couple of interesting circumstances. So King Saul was somebody who suffered from depression. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Bible says that when an evil spirit was upon Saul, uh, that David took a harp and played with his hand so that Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. 
And so Saul was oppressed by an evil spirit mm-hmm. and became super depressed at the same time. Um, and so good music is one of the ways of driving away evil spirits and also of driving away depression. Mm, good point. Um, and so if you're suffering from depression today, listen to some good, uplifting, spiritual music that will draw you closer to God. Sure. It's a great place to start. Another person, very famous person who suffered from depression, of course, was a man by the name of Didymus. You remember who, what Didymus' other name was? Uh, tell me. Thomas. Thomas. Thomas, who was also called Didymus. Um, <laughs> Jesus decides to go and see his friend Lazarus, who's unwell. That's a very dangerous part of the region for them. And uh, he says, I'm glad that uh, for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Mm. Then said Thomas, which was called Didymus, to his fellow disciples, let's go also. So that we can die with him. Um, he was a very, very depressed person. He suffered with depression right through the ministry of Jesus Christ. Mm. And you find that coming through in basically every statement there is from Thomas. And God used a person suffering with depression to become one of the greatest missionaries of the ancient world who took the gospel far further than the Apostle Paul Amen. ever did. I never thought of that. And so God uses people who are suffering from depression Today, as he used them back then, this is not a sin, it's a disease. Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be a Christian.
That was Mal Venus with In My Heart. And if you would like to hear Mal Venus singing live, then she sings each week at the Raymond Terrace Mission, uh, just up the road from where we broadcast from in the Newcastle area. So if you're ever passing through this area or if you live in the area, head, head, along, head, head along to Raymond Mission Church on a Saturday morning. Uh, they will give you breakfast. They will give you lunch. They will give you amazing music and they will give you uh, great um, Bible messages. We've come to the end of our show, Sharissa, which means that we are about to give something away. What are we giving away today? We have a free book which we're going to give away. It's called Nature Superfoods, Simply Natural Super Healthy. It's been put out by the health food company, the Sanitarium Health Food Company. And since all of us enjoy a good meal, it's even more enjoyable when it's healthy and nutritious and good for you. So this book compiles a number of really tasty and delicious healthy recipes. I'm just flicking through it here now. And each recipe lists the benefits, the health benefits of the foods that are in the recipe, tells you when those foods are available, the fresh foods are available year-round, what to look for even when you're choosing those foods in the supermarket. So it's a really handy book to have if you like good cuisine, good healthy cuisine. And yeah, that's the free offer today. Fantastic. So give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669 for your free copy of this book and we will throw in a free subscription to the Living Well course to go with it uh, here on The Breakfast Show. Sharissa and I used to actually be involved in that course back in the day. We enjoy your company in the morning. Do join us each morning here on The Breakfast Show and don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith and you will grow strong in Jesus. What?